and welcome to the Teeth of Grace podcast. I'm Sarah Schaefer, and I am happy to welcome you to another best of episode. We've been going through the summer sharing some of our favorite episodes from the past, and today is one that Kathy and I really enjoyed both putting together and recording and then listening to again. We hope you will too. Hello and welcome to the Teeth of Grace podcast. My name is Sarah Schaefer and I'm here in person again today with my dear friend, Kathy Loudenberg. Kathy, welcome to my house. Thanks, love being here with you. <laughs> I love doing this in person, it's helpful. Yes. We don't talk on top of each other quite as much. Yeah, Still. I'm better behaved when we do it face to face. So that's the main reason, no. <laughs> so. oh, there is some truth to it. <laughs> there is some truth, but. No, I, I think by better behaved, we just mean that we can maybe hopefully speak more clearly to those of you who are listening to us. Last time on the podcast, we talked about being in Christ. We talked specifically about being in Christ and living and moving and having our being in Him. We talked also at the end of the episode a little bit about why we don't need to have any fear of death because of Him. Today, let's look at Ephesians 2.13, where it says, In Christ, you who are far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Mm. Paul had been speaking to the Athenians, who are also kind of in that same region, not too far from Ephesus, and telling them that in him we live, move, and have our being. Here he's saying that, you know, really without Jesus, we are far from God. Yeah. Right, yeah. Kathy? I mean, exponentially far. We're not connected at all. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll die in our sins and go straight to hell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's no, no hope in that. Mm-hmm. And I love it here that he said, you who were far off, because he's also going back to you have all of these statues to all of these fake gods, but they're fake. They're not real. Mm-hmm. So bless their hearts. I mean, I, he's so gentle. He's so gentle. And and uh, I love how he speaks these truths. Yeah, because in Ephesus, we also see in Acts later on in chapters 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there, uh, how Ephesus really, they were known for their little G-gods too and their yeah. um, worship yeah. of statues and yeah. Diana and all of that. So they yeah. there was definitely idolatry going on there. But in Christ, we're no longer far off. We've been brought near by the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, I know we're going to get into this more. No, go ahead. But um, let's just break that down for a second. Because even as a believer for many years, to just say brought near by the blood of Christ, I don't feel comfortable just saying that and then moving on. Because we might infer what that means and people know that Jesus was crucified, but what, how does that work, Kathy? Being brought near by the blood of Christ. Yeah. I think, you know, in the old Testament was all animal sacrifices. There was, had to be something with a holy God to deal with sin. Mm -hmm. And all the way through the old Testament, it was a blood sacrifice that, that the loss of that life would cover the sins for that season. And, and they had to do it ritually. I mean, at the same time every year. So since the beginning of time, since the fall in the garden and sin entered, God has made a way 
mm -hmm. get to get rid of that sin, to erase that sin, and by blood sacrifices. And in the New Testament, it's Jesus Himself, mm -hmm. which is mind blowing, mind blowing, because the Old Testament has passed, and now Jesus has come, and and He goes to the cross for the same reason, though that there's got to be an atonement for sin and we can't do it. Mm -hmm. we just, we're the sinners, right? We're born dead in sin. We cannot do it. So I, I don't know why God always had it be through blood. And I love animals. So the new Testament's a little, I'm a, glad I'm a new Testament saint, but he shed his own blood for the same reason. And it's to erase that debt of sin so that we might be saved so that we might be his, so that we might get out of sin and into faith and live forever with him in eternity. Mm -hmm. Thank you for breaking that down. I think even a lot of pagan cultures have histories of sacrifice yeah. to appease the gods. Yeah. And so in the old Testament, sometimes they put their babies in the hands of Moloch and light them on yeah. fire. I mean, my yeah, gosh, I mean, there were all kinds of morbid ways. And really the cross is morbid too. It's horrible. What happened to Jesus and the flogging and the whole passion um, the Passion of the Christ by Gibson probably portrays it the best. But Jesus paid that ultimate price so that our sins are washed. He doesn't see us as sinners. Right. He sees us as his, children, as his children. Yeah. There's a lot of scriptures that explain how his righteousness has now been put on us. Yeah. Thank you for that beautiful explanation. There's a lot more in Ephesians. Tell me what you're looking at. Well, I'm, I'm absolutely, I absolutely love this one. Uh, it's Ephesians. I have 11, but they don't have that many verses in that many chapters. So I don't know what this is. Verse 12, of oh, verses 11 and 12. We have in Christ, this is so cool. We have boldness and confident access through faith in Christ. Mm. Boldness and confidence and access through faith in Christ. As I think about boldness and access with confidence, that that means access to God himself. Yes. We have access to God and because we do have the freedom in, in the United States anyway, to more or less um, worship as we please, mm -hmm. are we taking advantage of that? Or do we just take that for granted? Are oh, we taking the time for that? Or are we just kind of breezing past that? When we say, I'm praying for you, are we actually taking that confidence and that access we have to the Father? Are we making time for that? Are we really going to him through our faith in Christ, confident that we will not be condemned, but that we are forgiven. Yeah, good, good, good thought. What you're just saying, I've got my plans today and I'm going to go run my life today and we right. have freedoms to go and do and drive and whatever. We, we kind of are the captains of our own ship where biblically that's not true. We're his. We are. We've been bought with a price and we're his. We're no longer our own. So busy can be. Um, no time for him is kind of a death sentence for us. We won't lose our salvation, but all of these benefits of being in Christ right, kind of go down the tube. Well, and I have to say that when I am feeling the Lord telling me to stop and pray, yeah, that takes, I don't I'm not sure. I want to say discipline, but you know, honestly, it does take a, it takes a choice to, okay, I lay this down, whatever the it is. Right. And we go to that secret place and we spend time with him. Right. And I think he's calling us into that more and more and more nowadays, Sarah, with everything that's going on. Come aside. Come sit with me. 
-hmm. he, he used to always at the tent of meaning in a meeting in the Old Testament where he would come visit them mm -hmm. or the cloud by day and the fire by night. His presence was there. And um, it's hard in America because we live free lives and we have a million choices and we're busy. And because of our whole culture to have a secret place where we can go and sit with God and listen to him is pretty foreign to a lot of people, but it's priceless. Right. Once we start doing it. Yeah. 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 The other one, Sarah, that I just, um, I'll jump into this one because um, I also really love this one. Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship, most translations say, but poem mm. is what some say. And in the original language, it's more like a poem. We are his poem created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand. So we'd walk in them. Kind of what speaking to what you were just saying. I, I taught, I taught literature and I wasn't every big on poetry, but the more I got into it and the more I, I could find to express myself in poetry, we're his poem. Hmm. That's, that's intimate and sweet. Is it not? It is. His workmanship, he's craftiness. We did the refiner's fire and we did the clay and he's, his hands are on us always molding and let's get rid of this, Kathy, and let's get more of this. And um, for good works, we're created in Christ for good works, which he prepared beforehand so we'd walk in him. So am I going to do my plan today? Because I've got my list all made out. I've got to do these 10 things without even stopping and say, God, what's your plan for me today? Mm -hmm. What do you have for me today? My kids are in school right now, so I have time that I haven't had for a while, especially mm -hmm. since my husband and everybody else have usually been home. And I find it's honestly most beneficial if I just start the day saying, what am I supposed to do today? I'm yours today. Right. What would you like me to do? And things always get done. Yep. And my house, as Kathy can look around and tell you right now, is not perfectly picked up or clean, <laughs> but we function and we're fine. And, and not that I don't want to have a clean house because I do want to have a clean house. But yeah. I think that just following his lead, really by then, then at the end of the day, I know the day has been what it was meant you to be. You haven't done your own thing. You've walked with him through right. the day. Because when I was caregiving those 14 years with moms, all mom strokes and my dad, that was night. That was 24 seven caregiving towards the end as mom got worse. So those moments of oftentimes those moments, I would ask the Lord, wake me, just wake me. I've, I've, I, the days were crammed with so much stuff and so much heartache and so much stress yeah. that maybe it was two or three o'clock in the morning where he'd wake me up and I'd just slip out of bed where I could just sit in his lap for a while. Just, just come sit in his lap for a while and ask him to download peace to me and and strength to me and re reboot me so those moments are priceless they're not easy to find especially when we're in situations like that but they're critical mm -hmm. absolutely well i want to ask you about this created in christ because that just brings me back to the beginning of john it brings me back to the beginning beginning in genesis, genesis. 1 1 and how everything that was made was made through him. And in Colossians, it talks about that. Uh, let's talk about being created in Christ. And weren't we? Adam and Eve were perfect. Mm. Sin wasn't there. That's true. He wanted relationship. 
Why would a God want relationship with us? That says a lot about his heart right there. Just a lot about his heart. Why do parents want kids? It says a lot about their hearts. Mm-hmm. He wanted fellowship. So, so for some reason, he made man much to our chagrin sometimes, much to our dismay. And then Satan, there's the first temptation right there in this idyllic love affair where they walked and talked with God all day long mm. in the garden. And then they sinned. And Satan said, well, did God really say any He put planted that doubt and Eve ate it and ate the apple. And here we are now. But truly, God's heart hasn't changed. He created us to be his from day one at Genesis. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to work out in this country because we have so many choices in Czechoslovakia. This was much easier for me to live out every day. Mm. So I'm not trying to be difficult, but <laughs> so hit, I hit got with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we can talk about it together. You don't yeah. have to have all the answers, yeah. but I mean, I'm just thinking, why would God, God obviously created the whole universe. He created the world, he created the angels. Um, and then we've messed it up thanks to sin that came into the world and all of that. But why does he create things in Christ and through Christ and not just God created them and he just takes the credit? Why is he, why is that in Christ part of the dynamic? So how is anybody ever going to explain the Trinity? (laughs) Right? Thank you, Sarah. You know, and that is a mystery that God is three in one, but there's such different aspects of the one true God. The father is the father who created everything. But when sin came, another will of the father was to make propitiation for that sin, to to somehow get us back to life because mm-hmm. we're born dead in sin and he created us to have relationships. So how's the best way he can get me back in relationship? Jesus went to the cross and paid my debt. So then we get saved. We know that he's the savior. And then he begins polishing us and refining us to making us into the image he first had mm-hmm. before we sinned. Mm-hmm. And then... The Holy Jesus tells his disciples, I'm leaving, but now you'll have the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's, I don't know how you explain the Godhead as three in one. It's one God, but this manifestation of God, the father was creation as a whole. The next manifestation was Jesus on earth to pay the price for our sins so that we could be saved. And after Jesus left, think about that, that we actually have God within us. Mm-hmm the Holy Spirit within us. He'll teach us what to say. He comforts his role in us. So it's actually not just God with us, like in the garden where he walked and talked with Adam and Eve, but that part of the Godhead in the time we live is the Holy Spirit within us. So I don't know if that, it's, it's, it's a hard concept. It's not three gods. They're one. All the way through the scriptures, Jesus said, I and my father are one. I and my father are one. All, all, every time. There's, But there's three manifestations, maybe would be that word. Well, I think that the answer, as I listen to you talking, what I'm, you know, like, again, why does it clarify in scripture that these things are done in Christ? What you're saying is, without Christ, we're separated from the exactly. father. So we need to be created in Christ 
as it says in Ephesians 2 here, created in Christ so that we are reconciled to him. Right. Okay. That's right. the piece that I... Yeah, it's like a new creation. It's like as a new creation, we come and, and we're not that... God sees us differently. Mm -hmm. And then, praise the Lord, over time, we begin to see ourselves differently. Right. I don't see myself as a... As a, as a uh, my lifestyle and all. I don't, I don't dwell on that. I'm in Christ. Right. Now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Redeemed question. and yeah. renewed. Yeah. And, and constantly in relationship with, and then the Holy spirit, gosh, he comforts and he uh, intercedes for us. And he tells us what he, he says. He'll tell us what we need to say when we need to say it. I mean, the, to think of that, we have that manifestation of God living right within us. Mm is priceless that's yeah, profound it's profound and beyond our understanding but it is because scripture right. says it is right right well when you're talking about that wisdom and all of those benefits that we get it reminds me of first corinthians uh chapter 4 verse 10 and that says that we have we are prudent in christ mm. and you explored that word prudent in the Greek a little bit, and I'm just going to read your notes, okay. which makes me sound prudent. Um, <laughs> wise, thoughtful. If you can read them, you really are wise and thoughtful. Yeah, right? No, you have good handwriting. Uh, wise, thoughtful, to rein in, compare, to be uh, discreet. How do you say that other word? Sagacious? Sagacious, yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's just a fancy way of saying wise again. Yeah. Um, it, critical thinking skills of where we can we, we can have some critical thinking yeah yeah so that we are prudent in christ so it's not we aren't just made new i mean not just forgive me yeah for saying it like that lord but uh we are made new and we are given wisdom we are given a purpose where his poem with yeah. good work set out we are given freedom from fear, as we talked about in the last one. There's and when benefits. is the last time you heard the word prudent even used? Well, I have to confess that somebody at our Bible study this summer talked about the benefits of being a prudent woman. Yeah, because it's not, it's archaic. Yeah. Because we've lost our way as a Christian nation. The further we move from Christ, um, that we were founded on biblical promises that our universities on the East coast have scriptures etched, etched in their wall. We were founded with that concept, one nation under God. And as that has diminished and diminished and diminished and diminished, so has prudence. Mm -hmm. We don't use that word very much, but it's rich. It's, it's, it's critical and it's rich. So yeah, I, I like, I like that, that that was included that in, in Christ we have prudence that's something he is working with me as we speak is mm -hmm. I can go there. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want me to. Right. Well, I looked it up in scripture. How many times does it say, forgive yourself in scripture? You know how many times? Zero. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We can't forgive ourselves. We're, yeah. So We're helpless. We're... <laughs> so uh, the fact that um, I can believe that I'm forgiven and I can know that I'm forgiven. Then really saying I am forgiven, but because God tells me if I confess my sin, he is faithful yeah. 
and just to forgive those sins. That's a promise in first John one nine. I didn't make that up. And so I just want to say that, you know, that forgiveness and the, the condemnation piece, we get this message from our culture so often that we need to just forgive ourselves. Well, there's maybe something psychological to that, but in the spiritual realm, there is no such thing. It is all Jesus. It can only be him and it can only be by faith in Christ. I can still feel like I've been in dirty rags so many times in my life in the past, but my propensity to go there is almost zero now Mm -hmm. because God sees me dressed in white. Mm-hmm. And and that's taken some time for me to that's taken some time for me. I I've 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 failed several times even as a Christian like you said. I and and I'll look up that scripture cuz it's an odd one, but he's standing before the throne and Satan is accusing him mm. of all the stuff he's done. And Jesus says, "Oh, go take the filthy robes off and put a clean turban on her head." Mm. And that turned into a song that he gave me because that's how he sees me and when last night when I was beginning to just condemn myself, I remembered that <laughs> I actually sat down and played that song. But no, 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 no. There's oh, no condemnation, there's Kathy. No condemnation. I just wear white. I just wear white. <laughs> it's a process. It is. But how rich is it being in Christ? I mean, we've still got more we haven't even talked about. In Christ we live. That should be the cry of our heart, maybe the prayer every morning now. Before you get out of bed, in Christ, I live and move and have my being. Mm -hmm. And the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Listeners, I'm so glad you joined us today. Please feel free to reach out to us at Kathy at the teeth of grace.com, K A T H Y, or S A R A, Sarah at the teeth of grace.com. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. We do pray for you. And we are so thankful that you joined us today. May today be a beautiful day for you in Christ. God bless.